0: hi guys this is fatal tales this is our first ever episode we are so excited i'm one of your hosts my name is katie and i'm azra and today we're gonna cover a really tragic case so i hope you guys like it
1: Today's case is going to be the case of Skylar Niece, sixteen-year-old Skylar Niece lived in Morgantown, West Virginia, and was an only child to her parents, Mary and Dave Niece. Skylar got along well with her parents and was loved by all of her many friends. Skylar was a sophomore at University High School and was a 4.0 honor student, and she hoped to study law one day. On July sixth. 2012, Skylar's dad, Dave, came home from work to give Skylar the car so she could go to her job at Wendy's, but Skylar wasn't home. He tried to call Skylar, but she didn't answer, so he decided to call Skylar's best friend, Sheila Eddy. Sheila said that she didn't know where Skylar was, and that the last time that they had talked was midnight the night before. After this, Dave goes outside to smoke, and notices a bench hidden near Skylar's window. And the window slightly open. This signals to him that Skylar must have snuck out the night before. Her mom comes home to see if she can help to find Skylar. Her parents decide not to call 911 until after they call Skylar's job to find out if she made it into work. In the meantime, they do their best to stay calm. However, Wendy's calls first because Skylar has not made it in for her shift. The cops are called soon after
0: because of this. After this call to the police, Sheila calls Mary, Skylar's mom, and says, I have to tell you the truth. She proceeds to explain that her and her friend Rachel had picked up Skylar around 11 p.m. the night before and that they had gone around driving and getting high on marijuana. They had driven east from Morgantown to Star City. Sheila claimed that they had dropped Skylar off at about midnight, about a block away from the apartment building, because Skylar was scared that the sound of the car would wake her parents up, and she didn't want to be caught sneaking back in. At this, Mary decides to ask the landlords for the surveillance footage for the apartment building, hoping that perhaps they could see either Skylar sneaking back in, or if something had happened they would catch, you know, maybe she had been kidnapped, or what whatever had gone on, they could see that on the surveillance cameras. The footage shows Skylar getting into a light-colored four-door sedan at 12.31am. The surveillance footage is pretty grainy, and it's not easy to tell what exactly is happening there. And they're not able to get a license plate or the make and model of the car or anything like that. They're only able to really see that Skylar gets into the car willingly. Skylar's parents, of course, at this were relieved because this signaled to them that she had not been kidnapped. She wanted to get in that car. However, for the police, this was a negative thing because if she wanted to get into that car, Skylar's a runaway. She's not necessarily been, you know, taken or murdered or anything like that. So police are not able to be involved in the search. Instead, Skylar's friends and family have to go door to door and search by themselves. Because of the police's
1: refusal to issue an Amber Alert, Sheila began to help the nieces. She passed flyers out with them and was at their house for support almost every day. At one point, Sheila came over and asked if she could just go and sit inside Skylar's room, just to look around. She went in and sat on the bed and began to cry. Mary, Skylar's mom, went in and sat next to her and they cried together. Dave, Skylar's father, at this said that Sheila was going through the same thing as they were because Sheila was like a sister to Skylar, so losing her was like losing family. Despite the police's belief that Skylar was a runaway, after looking around her room, it had become clear that this was not the case to her parents. She had left her phone charger and her contact lenses at home. And so, the longer Skylar was missing, the more her family and friends began to worry because wherever she went it was clear that she didn't intend to be there for long no 16 year old girl is going to leave the house without her phone charger and contact lenses and intend to be gone for more than a couple of hours
0: that's the thing about this case to me is it's like it's so obvious to me there's no way she meant to be gone for more than the night i've gone out even just like drinking with friends ended up staying over at a friend's house I didn't have my phone charger with me and it was the biggest inconvenience so to even just stay the night somewhere else is just there's no way
1: yeah you need your phone charger and like I've been 16 and wearing contact lenses and I never left my house during the day with my glasses on and not wearing my contact lenses nobody except my very best friends and my family members saw me with my glasses on
0: (laughs) right so that's exactly it there's no way that this kid meant to be gone to see anybody other than her best friends
1: right so it's very obviously not a runaway situation here right rachel Skylar's other friend, who she had been out with that night, was unfortunately away at church camp, so she couldn't give an in-person statement to the police, but over the phone she gave a very similar statement to Sheila, that the girls had driven around and gotten high that night, and that they had dropped her off around 12.
0: By the time that school rolls around in August, Skylar is still missing. Sheila put out on Facebook saying, Skyler, come back. I seriously can't deal with school without you. I miss you too much. Many of her other friends were, you know, saying similar things, missing Skyler so terribly as school started up, but school was a rumor mill. Now, the rumors were not kind to anyone. There were rumors circulating about what happened to Skyler. that perhaps she had run away and was hiding from her parents. Maybe they had gotten in a fight. Maybe they didn't get along. There were Uh, Rumors that maybe Skylar had overdosed on drugs and that someone had hid her body. There were rumors that, you know, her close friends maybe had done something or that they knew something. But nobody really seemed to know for sure what was happening. And police could tell from Skylar's Twitter that she seemed upset, but they couldn't really tell much more than that. And they definitely couldn't tell who she was angry at. The night before Skylar disappeared, she tweeted... You doing shit like that is why I will never completely trust you. And a few days before that, she had tweeted, Sick of being at fucking home. Thanks, quote-unquote, friends. Love hanging out with you all, too. Now, these are all subtweets. None of them have, you know, anybody tagged in them. So it's not clear who Skylar is angry at. You can only just tell that somebody, at some point, Skylar's not getting along with. Now... At this point, as rumors are flying around, Skylar's case gets connected with two brothers who are living in the nearby town of Blacksville, which is west of Morgantown. So the two boys are Derek and Dylan Conway, who were over 18. They were friends of the girls, and in fact, Sheila had even dated Dylan at one point. They were known to party. They were known to use drugs, not just marijuana, but other hard drugs. They were suspected in a nearby bank robbery that had happened just prior to Skylar's murder. Now, there was a theory going around at the time that potentially the brothers had stolen the money to buy drugs for this party that had happened the night of Skylar's disappearance, and that Skylar had gone to that party, maybe they had picked her up, she had overdosed, and since she had overdosed there, they didn't want to get caught with the drugs, they didn't want to get caught with the money that they weren't supposed to have from the bank robbery, so they just hid her body and pretended that nothing ever happened. Now, this car that had picked Skylar up at 12.31 a.m. was caught on surveillance camera heading towards Blacksville around 12.34 a.m., so this theory made perfect sense that potentially Skylar had gotten in the car with someone, if it wasn't the boys, somebody else headed to that party, and that they had just driven on to Blacksville, and it seemed that everyone had some kind of a theory, some kind of of an angle, except for Sheila and Rachel the two girls pretty much stuck to the exact same story that they had snuck out with Skylar to get high and drive around but they had her back before midnight before she got into this other car and they did not know what happened to her at all. Still police began to suspect that this was not the case. They kept interviewing Rachel and Sheila to the point that Skylar's parents even got involved and they were like you know what this is ridiculous the girls are trying to grieve leave them alone Still though, something seemed fishy about the story that the girls were telling and the police felt that they had to know more than they were letting on. The police decided to
1: rewind the surveillance tapes at the apartment building at this time. Unfortunately, earlier in the case, they had not decided to rewind it as they had taken Sheila's story at face value for some reason and did not feel the need to confirm it. However, this would prove to be a mistake as at this point they had realized there was no footage of sheila picking skylar up at 11 pm like she had earlier claimed and they had caught the girls in a lie the first of many lies because of this on september 3rd a warrant was issued for means of electronic communication to be seized from rachel and sheila The police used cell phone records from this to see that Rachel and Sheila were, in fact, near Blacksville that night, and this contradicted both of their stories of going through Star City. The police thought that they had gone to the party linked to the Conway brothers, and theorized that this was why they had lied about their timeline as they would not want any of their parents or law enforcement to know that they had gone to this party. The police decide to take the girls out to retrace their steps, and it is at this point that their stories start to diverge in major ways. Each one said that they went in an opposite direction from the other. This once again signaled to police that they were trying to hide where they were that night. When reviewing surveillance of the apartment once again, police realized that even if a car had not entered the parking lot to the apartment building, headlights of any car driving on the street could clearly be seen. So, if Sheila had in fact dropped Skylar off a block away, this still would have been seen on the surveillance tape. So... She hadn't dropped Skylar off a block away, whether or not it was at the time that she had claimed or later that night. Sheila then, in a later interview, admitted that it was in fact her car in both surveillance videos. She said that they had all gone to Blacksville to smoke. She said that Skylar had gone angry and stormed off into the woods and that they could not find her. Rachel's story, however, was quite different. She said that they had dropped Skylar off at a friend's before going to smoke. At this, Sheila decided to take a polygraph and failed. She failed a polygraph that she volunteered to take
0: herself. This is the hilarious thing to me, is I think that Sheila has this just incredible sense of, like, arrogance that Mm -hmm. whatever she says is gospel and everyone's just gonna believe it and the science is gonna believe it. And obviously polygraphs are not the most reliable tool, you know? And maybe Sheila was just nervous when she was taking the polygraph test and that's why she failed, because obviously that can trip up results. But it's just hilarious to me that this girl who's, you know, 16 years old thinks that she can lie on a polygraph test and not get, you know, in trouble for it.
1: I know. It's, it's so funny. She's so overconfident. And then on the other (laughs) hand, you have Rachel who agreed to take a polygraph test and then on her way to the police station she jumped out of her dad's car to get out of it (laughs) i
0: just i
1: I just want to visualize
0: this for a second because it's so funny her dad's literally driving a moving vehicle and she just jumps out of the fucking car like nope peace i'm out i can't do this i know
1: i know (laughs) it's so funny it's so i cannot imagine just like she also agreed to take one like it's not like they forced her to do it she was like okay i'll do it she could have said no it's well within her rights to say no but she agreed to take one and then decided to jump out of the fucking car instead of just
0: saying no in the first place <laughs> it's incredible incredible I know, this is I know. single-handedly the best part of this case in my opinion is her jumping out of the car on the way to the polygraph uh, my
1: favorite part of the case is what i'm gonna say next <laughs> oh, god <laughs> okay so after rachel jumped out of the car she ran to go find sanctuary with sheila's mom and after this, Sheila's mom went to the police station to get the girl's electronics back. And she ran into an officer in the case, Jessica Colbank. <laughs> Jessica Colbank is an icon. I just <laughs> need to say that. And Jessica Colbank got into a fight with Sheila's mom. Sheila's mom, Tara, told her, quote, I wish she'd quit picking on my daughter, you're making her life hell, end quote. And Colbank replied, quote, good. I'm glad you're. we're making her miserable because she is lying. And then called Sheila's mom a fucking tool. <laughs> um, Incredible. And then Officer Colbank was... I guess rightfully so taken off the case because of this incident but it's just so good I I love it so much yes she it probably crossed way too many lines for a police officer they really need to know their boundaries in this you know in this process but it's so iconic I love it I love it so much
0: I mean from what it sounds like tara is a fucking tool so oh, she
1: absolutely is a fucking tool tara and-
0: <laughs> Tara's a fucking tool <laughs> officer colbank probably yeah you're right couldn't be on the case i mean if nothing else she's completely lost all respect of tara and sheila so like probably not going to get any information from them it makes sense she's probably taking it a little too personally but like god right. iconic i know i love it so much So, after this point, near Christmas break, almost six months after Skylar's disappearance, both Sheila and Rachel were taken out of school because the rumors and the pressure had gotten so bad on them. On December 28th, Rachel's mother, Patricia, made this phone call to police. I have an issue with a 16-year-old daughter of mine. I can't control her anymore. She's hitting us, she's screaming, she's running through the neighborhood. Patricia then pants, and in the ra- (laughs) in the background and
1: in the Rachel <laughs>
0: and in the Rachel and in the Rachel and in the <laughs> background Rachel wails unintelligibly Patricia then says to Rachel give me the phone no no this is over this is over and then she talks back to the dispatcher and she goes my husband's trying to contain her please hurry After this outburst, Rachel is admitted to a mental health facility and she's kept there for several days. On January 3rd, 2013, she gets out of the mental health facility and directly from there goes to the police department with her lawyer to sit down and have an interview with the police. Officers are expecting her to tell them that Skylar overdosed and that, you know, perhaps Rachel and her friends had hidden the body so that they wouldn't get in trouble for doing drugs instead Rachel gives this chilling confession she simply says we stabbed her now the police obviously are shocked and they're like please explain what you mean because this is not at all what they were expecting now Rachel goes on to say that the girls had taken with them the night of Skylar's disappearance when they picked her up they had taken with them paper towels cleaning wipes kitchen knives and a change of clothes and they had hid the knives underneath the clothes that they were wearing and they drove out past blacksville to brave pennsylvania just across the state line and they were headed to an area where they had smoked before so this wouldn't have been anything surprising to skylar she wouldn't have really been tipped off by this and they had walked out into the woods and they had forgotten their lighter in the car so that skylar would have to go back and get it now As soon as Skylar turned around, Rachel said that she began counting to three, and then on three, Sheila and Rachel stabbed their best friend, Skylar, in the back.
1: Literally stabbed her in
0: the back. Skylar tried to run, so Rachel tackled her, and they stabbed Skylar in the leg so that she couldn't run away again. Now, wounded Skylar did not give up easily, she kept fighting them, and at one point she even got the knife away from one of the girls and cut Rachel's leg with it. Unfortunately, Sheila and Rachel overpowered her, and in Rachel's estimation, she thought she and Sheila had stabbed Skylar over 10 times. The actual number of stabs was over 50. Once Skylar was dead, Sheila and Rachel went back to their car, they changed into the clean clothes that they had brought with them, and they cleaned themselves up. Then they returned home and tried to resume their lives normally. Can we just talk
1: for a minute about how brutal that is?
0: Yeah, I mean, these are 16-year-old girls.
1: Right like they're children yeah i'm sorry if you're 16 you're a child and i'm saying this as a 20 year old i'm still very young but if you're 16 you're a child right and like they literally packed like a murder kit like i've seen so many sources call what they had a murder kit right it's just
0: it's so fucked up it really is and it's just so sad to like to me after all of this it's like why right and i guess we'll get into that later but
1: right i mean those were skylar's last word last words
0: right right why yeah god fucking hate it
1: yeah me too so after rachel's confession she led them to the scene of the crime However, in Brave, Pennsylvania, the police were unable to locate the body because of the snow. Because of this, the police decided to keep working to find more evidence to incriminate Sheila. They decided to set up a wiretap in Rachel's room and set up a meeting with Sheila. However, they were unable to get anything incriminating to come out of Sheila's mouth weeks later on january 16th the snow had melted enough for police to find skylar's body hidden under branches and dirt however they still had to forensically identify the body before releasing this news to the public and there was still not enough evidence yet for arrest despite having found a body in the scene of crime two months after this Skylar's remains were identified and made public, and, disgustingly, Sheila and Rachel both tweeted about their so-called grief. Sheila tweeted, quote, rest easy, Skylar, you'll always be my best friend, I miss you more than you could ever know, End quote, and she added a collage of pictures of the two of them together, and we'll add this to our Instagram post. And Rachel tweeted, quote, rest in peace, baby. I love and miss you more than anything. May you finally have
0: justice, end quote. This is so fucked up to me. Like. Yeah. I. It just. They're the ones that killed her. They are the killers. They drove her out in the woods and killed her for no reason. You know? Right.
1: Right. And, like, the thing is, <laughs> at this point, Rachel has already confessed what the hell is she
0: tweeting for. Right. Like, maybe Sheila's, like, trying to, like, cover her tracks and be like, <laughs> oh, I miss, I miss Skylar just like everybody else does. But, yeah, <laughs> Rachel's already said, like, right. May you finally have justice. You need to be behind bars for her to have justice, buddy.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, like, maybe Sheila thinks that she's not going to get caught, like you said. But everybody else fucking knows that it was them at this point. Right. Everybody knows. Like, even Skylar's parents had put out a Facebook post around the time that her remains were identified. And did everything except... ...basically say that they had killed
0: her. Yeah.
1: So, everybody knows at this point that it was
0: them. Yeah, it's kind of like, come on guys, the jig's up. Yeah. God. After finding Skylar's body, and even before the official identification of it... ...things began to move much more quickly in the case. So, the police got a warrant for Sheila's house and car... And they gathered all of the kitchen knives that were found in the house, and they tested her car as well for DNA. In the trunk, they found evidence of blood, and they DNA tested it, and it turned out to be Skylar's blood. So, this was kind of what they needed alongside Rachel's confession to go after Sheila. So the disgusting part here is that as police are, you know, getting all of this information, Sheila and Rachel are continuing their lives normally. They're tweeting, they're texting, they're spending time with their friends. Sheila even taunted the police in some of her tweets. March thirteenth, 2013, she tweeted, we really did go on three. And obviously, out of context, this means nothing. But with the knowledge that, you know, in Rachel's confession, She claimed that she counted to three, and then they began stabbing Skylar. It's like, what the fuck? That's so (laughs) gross. It's so dark. And then on April 23rd, Sheila tweeted, If only you knew, you'd shit right down your leg. So again, just kind of taunting everyone, taunting the police. At the same time that Sheila was tweeting, Rachel was still cooperating with police to bring Sheila to justice. But again, still... Hanging out with her family, hanging out with her friends, living life normally.
1: And hanging out with, like, Sheila, pretending like everything's normal, which I guess that she has to. Right. But it's so gross to me. Right. That she's able to just... Act as though she feels really guilty. Like, obviously, she had a nervous breakdown because of what happened, but I don't know. Like, part of me wonders if her nervous breakdown was because of guilt or if her nervous breakdown was because she thought she was going to get caught.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: And she knew that if she went to the police and she cooperated, she was going to get a lighter sentence. So she went to the police and cooperated because she knew otherwise they were just going to catch her, anyways. And that's why she was so nervous because like everything else, like her actions, like stabbing Rachel in the back, count her counting to three, her tackling Skylar, her tweeting normally, her doing all of this other stuff, like that doesn't seem personally to me like someone who's feeling that guilty about murdering your so-called best friend. <laughs>
0: Right, and, I mean, ultimately, this was a decision of both girls, and I don't know that either of them would have done this on their own. I think Sheila might have. (laughs) I think Sheila might have, but I I think that there's kind of a folie adieu here, where, like, one without the other may not have necessarily gone on to commit this crime. It was just kind of a Mm -hmm. horrible pair, you know? I guess, like, we talked about, like you said...
1: Sheila might have gotten away with it if Rachel wasn't involved because she was a little bit smarter about everything than Rachel was, which I guess we can talk about a little bit more later. Right. On May 1st, 2013, Rachel Schoaf was arrested 10 months after Skylar's death. This arrest had been previously agreed upon as the terms of her cooperation with the police. Rachel was tried as an adult under West Virginia law, and she pled guilty to second-degree murder. She was given 20 years in prison with the possibility of parole in 10 years on good behavior. Sheila was arrested the same day outside of Cracker Barrel, where she was having lunch with her mom. And... A lot of people say that her mom actually took her out to lunch that day because she knew that she was going to be arrested and she didn't want the neighbors to watch Sheila get arrested. And I guess this makes sense, like that Sheila's mom is like this, because in the police car, Sheila asked the police the police officer if she could have a hair tie to tie her hair up because it was messy and also was concerned that people would see her in a cop car jesus
0: and, the cop, christ.
1: <laughs> and the cop replied yes they can't see you because she was being
0: charged with murder jesus christ just the arrogance in this little girl like this is just over the top, like, I mean, who gives, you're in a cop, if somebody sees you in the back of a cop car, I don't think they're gonna be expecting you to look your best, buddy, like, it's, it's too late for that, no, like,
1: and, (laughs) and again, like I said, I think that, like, this behavior she got from her mom, Because her mom was concerned that the neighbors would see her get arrested. Everybody's gonna find out anyways. Like, this is a pretty small town.
0: Right. It's not like everyone doesn't know that your daughter killed somebody at this point.
1: (laughs) Right. Especially, like, this was big news. Everybody was talking about this.
0: Yeah. So... I, I mean, ultimately, it would have to be. I mean, if somebody went missing in your high school, like, that would be all you would talk about.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So... I think that the behavior translates from her mom into her. Right. So Sheila initially, at her hearing, pleaded not guilty, and then later changed her plea to guilty a month later at her trial. So, in October 2013, Sheila was tried as an adult and charged with first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole in 15 years. Now, I want to touch on the differences in Sheila and Rachel's attitudes during their hearings and trials because Rachel gave a statement to the nieces at the end of her trial where she Apologized, said that she regretted what she had done. She cried. She didn't cry when she got her guilty verdict, but only cried when she heard about the details of what had been done to Skylar, and only cried when she gave her statement to the nieces, but accepted kind of what had been given to her. Sheila, on the other hand,
0: (laughs) at her first hearing.
1: (laughs) At her first hearing, she... Oh, my goodness. She was smirking. She was so smug. You could tell she was trying to hide her laughter. Like, she thought the whole thing was just this big joke. Like, you're going to trial for first-degree murder. This is not a joke. You murdered
0: somebody. Your, Your best friend. You murdered your best friend, and you're sitting there smirking? and right. con- you know she there's this point there's this video where she's like smirking and then she like bites her lip to keep from like s- openly smiling at the camera and it's like jesus christ yeah what are you doing
1: right and uh, even dave Skyler's father said he saw her behavior and he was disgusted by it so yeah And then later at her actual trial, her appearance changed a lot because at her initial hearing, she was very put together. Her hair was done, all of that. But at her actual trial, she looked very much run down and she was much more somber. And I think I personally think that a lot of that has to do with what her lawyer probably told her. Right. Like her lawyer was probably like, yeah, you can't be fucking smirking
0: right you we were reading. guilty as fuck
1: so i think that police has a lot to do with it because she never said sorry to the nieces she never fully showed remorse for what she did she never cried when they said what happened to skylar she only ever cried and showed real emotion when they gave her her sentence which says so much about her i think
0: absolutely well, that's the thing. I don't think Sheila feels any guilt about any of this. No. Rachel, debatable. Sheila does not give a single fuck. Just absolutely no remorse. Right.
1: So, now we need to talk about motive. Because
0: I mean, the this motive
1: is, in this case...
0: This is the big question of the whole case, right? Right.
1: Because when Sheila was asked... I mean, sorry, when Rachel was asked why by the police all she could say was we just didn't like her anymore
0: how fucking fucked up like i you know teenage girls are a whole other breed i could talk about this for ages i had so (laughs) many shitty people that treated me like garbage in high school and spread all kinds of rumors about me and, like, my little sister has tons of horrible friends that are were awful to her that are no longer friends. And it's just, like, teenage girls really can just be brutal. But at no point should you ever kill somebody over it. Like, right. no matter what friend drama you're going through, I promise you, you'll be fine in a year. Like, you won't even think about it a year from today
1: no definitely not definitely like if you don't like someone you're friends with newsflash stop being friends with them
0: right it's It's that that easy easy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) i've had friends just stop being friends with me and does it fucking suck yeah but is it better than being murdered absolutely
0: right (laughs)
1: Like, i take that over being murdered any day. And, like, I'm sure Skylar would too, you know? Right. So, I think, obviously, nobody's very happy with Rachel's reasoning. We just didn't like her anymore because that's not a fucking reason to murder right. somebody. So, lots of people have tried to read into their the girls' relationships with each other.
0: And we're gonna do the same thing. So Skylar and Sheila were friends for a very long time. They had been friends since they were about eight. And Rachel kind of got added into the friend group when they started high school their freshman year. So they had only been friends with Rachel for about a year.
1: Yeah, and it's important to note that Skylar and Sheila had also never actually even gone to school together until high school either. Because they had been friends for a long time, but they met at a community center and Sheila lived In a different city for a long time until her parents got divorced and then she was able to move closer to Skylar so when Skylar and Sheila met Rachel it was like they were all starting high school together they were all starting to be in school at the same time which I think is a big thing Right. Like, there's a big difference between like, having an out of school friend and an in the school
0: friend, you know? Right, because you're around each other all the time. You can see mm-hmm. each other all the time. You can make plans to hang out. You can, you know, drive home after school together, or whatever. Right. So, it is very different.
1: Yeah, you can make your schedules almost identical. Right. And after Sheila's parents' divorce, people said that she had changed quite a bit and this is right before high school because obviously divorce is not a fun thing for a kid to go through at all but her mom had remarried a guy who had a lot more money than she was used to and apparently because she had a lot more money she began to use her sexuality
0: and her money to get what she wanted a lot of the time right And a lot of both Rachel and Skylar's other friends did not like Sheila. They felt that she was a bad influence and that Skylar was changing because of Sheila and that Rachel was changing because of Sheila.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they said that Sheila was mean and controlling and that they both had personality changes and it wasn't even just their friends, it was their parents too. They were breaking curfew and one time, this is funny, Skylar got caught with weed and obviously it was her own but she told her parents
0: it was Sheila's. (laughs) So... (laughs) I mean, who hasn't done that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. That's so funny. And like I think her parents believed her. So they thought that Sheila was a very bad influence on Skylar.
0: Right. Now, uh, partway through kind of sophomore or freshman and sophomore year, Sheila and Rachel purposely were trying to make Skylar feel left out. And they just had kind of gotten closer and closer to each other and it started to feel like maybe Skylar was more of a third wheel in the friendship rather than It being a trio, which is kind of common. If there are, you know, two friends that are girls, they get along really well. If there are four friends, five friends, whatever, you can get along. But if it's just three of you, it feels like this weird power dynamic where, you know, if two of you are close, the other one is always going to be left out or feel bad. So right,
1: right. In the summer, right before Skylar rachel and sheila's sophomore year skylar was caught in a very unfortunate position while at a sleepover after raiding the liquor cabinet at the house rachel and sheila had sex with each other
0: in front of skylar so this has got to be the most awkward moment ever because you're drunk right and your Mm -hmm. friends just start going at it and you're like I can't leave this room because I'm drunk and mom outside is going to find out, right? Right, like you're 15. (laughs) Right, you're stuck and your friends are just like going at it and you're like, cool. Also, who does that? I I mean, we're talking about teenagers. They're horny. They're drunk. They're not, I don't know. I don't, I, 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 I
1: feel like even then you would still kind of have the sense to not do that like right next to somebody at a sleepover
0: i mean you're right they definitely shouldn't have done this
1: these girls seem like the shittiest people in
0: the world yeah i mean if nothing else we can definitely say these are the shittiest friends ever right (laughs) Uh, yeah i think purely on the basis that they murdered her But but also for
1: this yeah this is
0: this is pretty fucked up and, I mean, I... some people like to point at this and say that this is motive for, you know, perhaps why they killed Skylar. But the thing is, like, just don't do it then.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> if you're scared, then she's gonna know that you're sleeping with each other. Don't do it in front of her.
0: Right. It's that simple. (laughs) And I mean, after this, they start kind of pushing Skylar out and, you know, being shitty to her. And again, it's just like, if you don't want to be friends, don't be friends. It's that easy. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I don't know. To me, like, I'm bisexual, right? Obviously, we're dating. So, like for us, we can kind of put ourselves in the shoes of these girls who are young, making mistakes, you know, trying things out, not really sure what you want, and I can understand maybe where it might be difficult if you have a friend that's really close with the two of you, and maybe you're getting closer and starting to have romantic feelings for each other, but again, just... Don't do it in front of her. Right, like... It's pretty simple not to have sex in front of your best friend. Like, that's... It's pretty cut and dry. I feel like that's so... I would feel violated if I were Skylar. Right. And... Like, absolutely. And she writes about this in her journal. And... It's not really clear how she felt about it, but it is pretty clear that she probably wouldn't tell anyone because Skylar was an ally. She did have friends... Other friends who were gay. So it's, like, it's not like she's gonna go out you. But perhaps this is why the girls felt that they had to kill her. Again, though, just don't do it in front of your friend. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so, a lot of people point to this as the motive
1: behind why Skyler was murdered. But the thing is, like, if you look at Sheila's Twitter, she's very, like, flirty
0: with other girls.
1: Yes. And, you know, I feel like from what we know about Sheila's personality is she wouldn't care. Rachel, on the other hand, perhaps I could see this as a motive because so they both, Rachel and Sheila both dated other guys. So obviously we're saying that maybe they perhaps liked those guys, maybe didn't like those guys. We don't know. But Rachel around the time that Sheila was murdered, was in the process of getting back together with her on-again, off-again boyfriend. So people point to that as motive, possibly. So if Skylar had outed her, he wouldn't have wanted to date her. Right. Also, Rachel came from a very religious Catholic family. Like, we said, the week after they murdered Skylar, she was at church camp. A lot of her friends outside of... Sheila and Skylar hung out in that circle. So if she was outed, perhaps she wouldn't have been accepted. Sheila probably wouldn't have cared, but Rachel, I bet, would have cared a lot.
0: And I mean, this makes sense to me. I grew up religious. My family is very, very religious. So I can completely understand not wanting your parents to find out that you are bisexual or gay or lesbian or, you know, we don't know what label she would choose for herself, if any. But still, I just don't think that's something to kill somebody over.
1: Oh, absolutely not. But I think that something that Mm -hmm. Sheila tweeted really says a lot about their relationship she tweeted quote can i just say again that i absolutely love having the upper
0: hand Mm. yeah and i think that's really it is I, i couldn't i can't say that either sheila or rachel would have done this by themselves but i think between the two of them and the power struggle and the power dynamic in this friendship it seemed like the only way to keep the upper hand for sheila and to keep herself safe for Rachel they had to kill Skylar I think that's the closest we're gonna get to motive in this case unfortunately
1: I agree I mean yeah I think Rachel was just very infatuated with Sheila I I don't want to say she was in love with her because I don't think she was I think that you know a lot of people who are dealing with figuring out who they are go through that right but I don't know that she was in love with her I think that Sheila was probably, like, very toxic. Right. As everybody around them said. And I think she was very infatuated with her. And she couldn't see her life without her. But she couldn't see her life with her if she was outed.
0: Right. and she we're saying that's the motive. Right. And maybe she also couldn't see her life with her if Skylar was around. Because Skylar and... Rachel kind of had this competition in their minds perhaps about who is closer to Sheila and who is you know her better friend and and I I can see where if you have strong feelings for this person and you know you're not really sure because that's the thing when you're first figuring out that maybe you're attracted to the same gender it's really difficult because you don't have the right words to describe what's happening
1: especially if you're Buy or pan, or you know, if you don't have a label, like,
0: right,
1: it's very difficult because I knew that I liked guys, I already knew that it was very easy for me to understand that because that's what you know society told me, right? But attraction to the same gender was something that I did not understand at all, not right. even a little bit,
0: and if it it's very intense, but mm-hmm. it's also not something like it's like.
1: You just want to be around them
0: all the time. You just want to talk to them and hang out with them. And maybe you don't even know that you have a crush. You, like, genuinely are not aware. And then looking back, like, I I look back at some of the crushes I've had and I'm like, oh, that was a crush. But at the time I was just (laughs) like, she's the fucking coolest. She's the best. I love her.
1: You just want to be around them all the time, but you don't know why.
0: Right. And it's kind of this, like, do I want to be her? Do I want to kiss her? Mm -hmm. And you don't really know. And maybe Rachel was in the process of figuring that out and got, you know, caught up in something and confused and I don't know. It's really tricky because I can understand where Rachel's coming from, but I also am like, obviously don't fucking kill your friends, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And if she is somewhat of a narcissist or, you know, very self-obsessed, she's in this for power maybe for the thrill right i mean i think that also
1: sheila was just irritated with skylar because they planned it for so long they had talked about murdering skylar once in their bio class and other people had overheard it and when people had relayed this conversation to skylar she brushed it off and said that it was just a game that they had been playing clearly she did not think too much of it and then again once in spring of 2012 uh one girl was told by rachel who said that she wished skylar would die and apparently it was because they thought that skylar would blackmail them
0: jesus christ yeah And I mean, I guess this makes sense, because at one point, Skylar tweeted, I'd tell the whole school all the shit I have on everyone, which is a lot. Hashtag, if I could get away with it. So, clearly there was something that Skylar knew that she wished she could tell people, but who knows what the extent of this was. And again, it's petty girl drama, right? Right. I just can't imagine it being something that deep and dark that would get them in trouble enough that they should kill somebody over it. I can't either.
1: I feel like Rachel and Sheila are just genuinely, especially Sheila, very evil people.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: The cops that were interviewing Sheila said that she had no emotion when she they when she was talking about Skylar like she was completely cold and that she acted like a like a hardened criminal even right. though she was like a 16-year-old girl they immediately didn't trust her and so she's 16 and she's acting like this and she's doing things like this like there's clearly something wrong with her
0: yeah like, and it, c- it does go back to like the nature versus nurture right like mm-hmm is she just inherently a criminal inherently evil or is this from her mom like we talked about you know earlier where you know her mom took her to cracker barrel so that her neighbors wouldn't see that Sheila was getting arrested all about appearances all about keeping that up i don't know it gets really twisted and really fucked up and really sad yeah it it really does do you think that these girls can be reformed? Do you think they can come back from something like this? Oh, that's a hard question. I mean, like I said, I can see maybe where Rachel just kind of got caught up in something she didn't necessarily understand. But at the same time, I can also see where a lot of people say, you know, Rachel was an actress. She was in the school plays. Maybe all of the remorse and things were her final act, you know? And I can see that too. So it's like, if that's the case, who knows? How can you really say? I I really don't know what I think about people being reformed in prison for things like murder. It's like, who knows? Will they go on right. to kill again? There's no way to say. Unless like they're a serial killer, then obviously I think we know, but...
1: Yeah, I feel like Rachel... Probably has a chance, you know, but yeah. Sheila's very. She scares me.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: <laughs> and I guess we'll find out because Rachel will be eligible for parole in 2024, and Sheila will be eligible for parole in 2029. God. So that's pretty soon. But for that,
0: Sheila would have to show remorse, and I don't think she's capable, So, or at least hasn't proven herself to be so far.
1: So, to get parole, you have to admit the crime, which they both have done, and you have to show remorse for the crime.
0: And some Um, rehabilitation and beyond good behavior in the prison.
1: So, under West Virginia law, one good day counts towards one day being taken off of your sentence. Really? Yes.
0: Although, I guess, for a life case, that's not necessary, Sarah Lee.
1: I guess we'll find out. I feel like Sheila is the kind of person who would work her ass off to get out.
0: Yeah. But I don't know that she would even be able to show remorse. Right. I guess the one shining light of this case is Skylar's parents campaigned for Skylar's law to be put into effect, which requires the police to put out an Amber Alert, even if they believe that the child is a runaway. So, obviously in this situation, I don't think that it would have done anything because Skylar was dead within hours of leaving her home at midnight. um, And they
1: didn't even realize that she was gone.
0: Until the next day, right? So, in that case, I don't think that, you know, anyone could have done anything to save Skylar. But I think that's a great law for other people, you know, it could definitely save some lives because... I mean, how many cases do you hear where, you know, the kids said, oh, well, they, they ran away, so we don't have to put out a neighbor alert. There's no, we can't do anything, you know?
1: Especially with minorities, I want to say, because... Definitely. The police definitely take cases with white people a lot more seriously.
0: Right, and that's the thing, you know, Skylar's a white girl.
1: Yeah. Which is very surprising to me that they didn't, I guess they didn't because they saw her get into the car willingly, but I wonder.
0: Yeah, sad, sad case though.
1: Yeah. So that was the very tragic case of Skylar Niece.
0: Yeah, and this was Fatal Tales. You can find us on Instagram at Fatal Tales and on Twitter at Fatal Tales Pod. And send us an email if you feel like it at tales at gmail.com. Also,
1: please share this episode if you enjoyed it. This was our very first one, so we're trying to get more listeners.
0: Definitely. And yeah, I guess just have a great one, you guys.